Previously on Strangers to the Multiplex. We have me as your host, Fussy Bitch, and with me I have Mr. Stu. Yo. And Neil, complimentary copy. The uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. Oh, the irony, you say this as we're watching, we're watching a Batman <coughs> watching Superman, Superman on Batman. screen. I'm truly ejaculating. <laughs> Seven Spider-Man Three. Now I don't remember. Don't know about you guys, but I can remember seeing in the lead-up to Spider-Man Three the Comic Con footage of uh, Venom. Mm. And I'm not gonna lie to you, oh, I was excited. <laughs> and there's Venom. That's the only one. You know, I was like, wow, it's Venom. This is gonna be good. Oh dear. Yeah, I mean, we'll 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 get to Venom in great detail later, but it's safe to say it did not work. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Raimi didn't want the character in the film. I mean, Sam Raimi actually just wanted the film to be Sandman. He wanted to just do the three which iconic sixties. Yeah, which goes Spider-Man back films. to the sixties thing. Doesn't yeah, it? you know. And uh, but I mean, Sandman doesn't work. No, not no. Sandman's a character they, they really spent boring. A long time doing the special effects. But, but the Mummy had just come out. Yeah, you know, we've we've got like two Mummy films by this point, and it didn't offer anything new. I mean, apart from the one sequence when he first turns into Sandman and he's trying to reach for his pendant in the picture of his daughter, I thought that worked very well. That's very Sam Raimi. But um, the characters, I mean, Thomas Hayden Church is... Is it Thomas? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's um, a very, very charismatic actor. And yet in this film, he's just boring. Yeah. I, I, I've read somewhere that there was a lot of deleted scenes from that movie that don't make it onto the DVD. Even. I can imagine. So I wanted to know why Sandman was at odds with Spider-Man. I, I understand yeah. why Peter Parker would be at odds with Sandman. That makes mm. sense to me. But I don't know why Sandman has the big thing about Spider-Man. Yeah, character motivations in this film are a big problem. It's like we've we've got three minutes to introduce this character. Yeah. <laughs> What's the quickest way we can do it? Lines. Yeah, that's uh, it's 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 not good. I think the whole idea though is especially when introducing the daughter is the idea that it's supposed to be a sympathetic character, and mm. the time they spend on him is really not. No, and it's it's very very limited the amount of time. And once they've had the subway fight and he gets washed away. He doesn't really appear again yeah. until the end of the scene when Venom decides they, they should team up because why not? Why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Venom knows all about him. And again, I presume there's some cut scenes there mm. because there's no idea. Ed, Eddie Brooke, Brooke just knows about him. Ah, but the, yeah. the thing is, with the comic, the symbiote passes across the knowledge and the experience of anyone it touches. Okay. So reading the comic that made sense to a completely virgin <laughs> okay, right, yes. you got okay, no but, chance but how does the symbiote know about Sandman because Spider-Man fought him when yes. he was in, in with the symbiote right okay so logically <laughs> it kind of makes logic sense in the comic book there is a logic there a really laboured logic yeah. 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 there is a logic there okay um, where to start with this one well one thing that 
I think because this was the basis of the podcast and the kind of like the idea I had, I was amazed having watched because I've seen them all three in isolation many many times, but to watch two and three back to back, I was really surprised that the tone of the film is still there. Mm. It's still very much prevalent throughout the entire film. It's just overloaded with these three, you know, the three bad guy characters don't work. But the rest of the film is still akin to the uh, the previous two. Just a few bits and pieces I've picked up while watching it. Um, Again, my problem with this film is it falls into the trap of Peter Parker moping a lot after Mary Jane and Mary Jane not doing much. Well, the problem Which is... It's very much a carryover from the second film. Well, you spent two films setting these characters up, so why not have the third film being the problems they have staying together and being a couple mm. while he's Spider-Man? That's surely more interesting than, let's just split him up. You know, what's the point of spending all this time building something up just to just go, oh, well, we're not going to bother with that anymore? I, th- I think the idea is Peter Parker's life's never easy. No. But well, then he could do that as a couple and have problems and have relationship <laughs> difficulties because he is what he is. And she, I mean, there's that fantastic scene at the end of Spider-Man 2 where the last se- sequence is her looking worried out of the window as him swinging it's off. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's his third movie. Yeah. The, the, what, what Mary Jane goes through while she's in a relationship with Peter Parker, mm. the worries she goes through. Exactly. So the, then they make her character completely redundant in the third one. She didn't have a great deal to do in the second one. And then for some reason, just because, they introduce Gwen Stacy, just again, throw her into the mix with no build-up. Uh, all of a sudden, she's a genius fashion model and... Bruce Dallas yeah. Howard, Dallas Bruce Howard, Bryce, yeah, Bryce, yeah, Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard, yeah. who looks the part, looks, looks, looks amazing, yeah, looks fantastic. Bizarrely, in the film. though, a redhead playing a blonde, and blonde playing a redhead. It's got to be an irony there. There's Sam, an irony same there Ramey's loving there. <laughs> what did we make of the introduction of um, Eddie Brock or Edward Brock, as they refer to him? What a completely the wrong actor. Now, am I? Right in thinking that in the comics, Venom was like a, a bodybuilder. Yeah, yes. Yeah. A really He's muscular guy. guy. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Brock Lesnar would have been Eddie Brock to a team. So I know why they've gone down this route. He's meant to be a parallel to Peter Parker. Yeah. It's like the evil version of Peter Parker. What if he didn't have his morals? What if with great power comes great responsibility? So that's understandable how they've done that. But no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's the fact that the, you know, you've, you've also got evil Peter Parker... <laughs> Emo Peter As, Parker. Yeah, emo Peter Parker. Don't, don't get me started. Greasy hair. Kirsty Cameron was watching it. She's like, what's going on with his hair? I'm like, oh, he's evil now. Can I just say, I'm going to go on record, I like those scenes. I like oh, the scene. Oh, no. I like the scene in the jazz watched, club. There's that brilliant moment where he's oh, on the phone God, to Mary. No. I think I, I think it's Dr. Kirk Connors and he's got the blonde chick from the flat with him. He's just like, drink. Yeah, yeah, he's like, get me another milk. It's like, that's what he <laughs> thinks has been a badass. <laughs> oh, but yeah. there's, there's a bit of inconsistency because the first time kind of venom takes over mm. as it were the symbiote takes over so he gets greasy hair as he's walking down the street all the women are looking at him yeah. like Phew, look, yeah. look at him he's not washed his hair for five weeks how sexy um, and then and then we get the, like the opposite where probably i think it's it's kind of like three or four scenes on for him mm. and he's walking down the street again and he's kind of like hey, he's doing hey, and they're all turning away from him. Well, yeah. What's changed? <laughs> You've changed, Peter. You've yeah. changed. You've changed. Yeah. 
I did very in the beginning of my notes that I hadn't seen this movie since I'd seen it in the cinema and I couldn't remember a bit much of it, which I think helped me get through the movie because as bad as it was, it kept surprising me. I mean, if you if you took Venom and the black suit out of this film entirely, because I think. The black suit is a very interesting thing to use. Spider-Man will always look cool in that black suit. Yes, and he does. And he does. That great yeah. sequence where he's just looking at yeah, he looking wakes at himself, up and yeah. he's looking at himself in the mirror yeah. in the um, building. Yeah, I mean that that was you know ripe for usage yeah. in this film, and it should have been done properly. But um, yeah, it's it's safe so they didn't put it, they didn't pull it off. Okay, the whole scene where he saves um Gwen Steph Gwen Stefani oh, Gwen, Gwen Stefani Gwen Stefani yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Gwen Stacy. If only you'd stayed Gwen Stefani, I'd have paid to see that. <laughs> that um, would have worked. She, was, she but, could have yeah. been Gwen Stacy, couldn't she? Yeah, hell yeah. Homecoming, I'm telling you. That's an yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gwen Stacy's mum. Yeah. <laughs> Very hot mum. Much make like it, Ray in Hot Make Mar-Bay. this happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. um, when he saves her from the skyscraper, I thought that was a very cool scene. It is, but it just felt forced. And nobody died. Yes. Nobody died nobody whatsoever. Died, that yeah. building was tilted and nobody and what, died. what happened to the, the crane driver in that? Kind of as soon as he yeah. saved her, that, that was but almost yeah. the end of it. Hey, maybe he's already had one, because as we know, everybody gets one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he saved him previously. <laughs> um, and again, the fight with Harry Osborne towards the beginning, as he turns up as like the night. I remember us liking that back in the day. I would say I watched it again the other night. It's... I still like that scene. Oh, okay, fair enough. Did That's... you not? I just, it's... As of you know, ten years on, yep. I'm less impressed by the skyboarding Harry Osborne. Yeah. Oh no, I liked it. I thought it had, I thought it had a certain energy. And to it, it. It's good. It's fast paced, which yep. I think works. And it's something different that we haven't seen in the previous movies. Um, and I like the whole you know you've, you you knew this was coming, kind of thing. As uh, Harry Osborne actually says, I thought that that worked quite well. But yeah. There was a limitation in the effects there as well. There is, is that, yes. We're talking about the one where he bumps his head. Yes. 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 Yeah. He completely forgets about everything that's happened in the last yeah. film. Yeah, so it kind of looks a bit like a PS2 game at, at some yeah. point during yeah, that, that fight scene. Okay, well, to be fair, what, 2007? So it's nearly 10 years old, is it? Mm. But, okay, let's... You bring up Harry Osborne. Let's talk about Harry Osborne as a general one in this movie. Oh, so At some point, he turns from goblin to pantomime villain, doesn't he? Well, he, he I think there's this brilliant sequence where they go to uh, visit him in hospital, and he just looks at them and goes, I know that face! <laughs> <laughs> and I just think, this is a guy who's so cynical now, and he's just really playing <laughs> up in the role. But, but I, I can remember the, the press junkets, mm. where there was... Franco and uh, the guy who plays Brock. Uh, oh, brought, um, oh, oh, Ms. Hill wouldn't know. Um, yeah, him from the 70s show. From the 70s yeah. show, yeah. Grace Hopper or something? Oh, no. yeah, Topher. Topher Grace. Topher Grace. Yeah. Topher Grace. Um, and th- this is still on the, it's actually still on YouTube where you can see some of the, the junkies they did. And sometimes they're either drunk, <laughs> uh, too tired, oh. just answering completely bizarrely to any question. They were obviously pissed off with the, the, the results of the film. Yeah. And I think he probably found a like-minded soul where they've uh, both been misused in that film. I just think at one point he says, like, to Mary Jane, I want you to do me a favour. She has to go to the park and break yeah. up with Peter with, like, no sort of conviction whatsoever. <laughs> and then, like, you see her walking away and it cuts to James Franco in the bushes sort of <laughs> laughing at <laughs> himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if only well, he was on the Goblin Glider at the time, sort uh, of behind a newspaper yeah. to try and disguise himself. There's a sequence where they're making omelettes as well. Oh, what? And it's, they both look so uncomfortable. I mean, Kirsten Dunst dancing, she looks so unhappy. 
<laughs> I just think, oh. I think I wrote it with a pie comment, mate. So for it. Yes. Oh, yes. obviously. It's like, I've got in my notes, and now we're twisting. How diabolical is the new goblin? <laughs> oh, it's it's oh. not good. And they weren't even, again, they weren't going to do the uh, the Green Goblin character. Uh, but I, I was, I'd made a note that I think the gob, Goblin storyline was actually made to sell toys. Because you've got you've got the the, yeah. the glider goblin, and then he had all these kind of extra kind of appendages yeah. to, to to the glider, plus the different weapons. And then right at the end, he turns good. He does, which, yeah, which, which, which I've got about. Kids. If I'm honest, I've yeah. got about that until it come up. And I was like, we need to yeah. talk about that scene. With, we'll get we'll get yeah, into that. With the let's just um, let's just. Oh, the, the scene with the butler. My God, that was like, how do we write ourselves out of this? You've seen the outtakes of that. No, does the, yeah, does that's, the butler... Look at the outtakes of the butler on YouTube. He's, he can't even speak. Really? <laughs> Bless him. It's, you you I can mean, write it's, this shit, George. Well, it's, well, it's one of those. I mean, the scene they kept in is as wooden as it gets. I mean, it's almost Jerry Halliwell and Sex in the City wooden. Oh, really? <laughs> I did note. I did note. Put in my notes. And what kind of a player or a moron is Peter Parker kissing Gwen in front of MJ? He knows very well MJ's there, and he's like, "Yeah, Gwen, kiss me." Yeah, look at this. <laughs> he's Spider Man, not a Spider Player. Come on, people. <laughs> what I don't get is where the symbiote learned to play the piano. Yes. Well, I mean, that's, 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 to be fair, that's. <laughs> It's been in outer space. Yeah. He doesn't know how to play the piano. How does the symbiote know? I'm glad you brought uh, that up though, because how kind of underwhelming is the arrival of the symbiote as well? I know. But again, like we said before, they, they should have set up. I mean, start the film with J. Jonah Jameson Jr. going up in yeah. space and being on the moon. Yeah. And it worked for Transformers 3. Did that entire club scene, though, is Anchorman and the jazz flute. <laughs> that took two weeks to film. Two weeks two to film weeks. that entire sequence. I, I would imagine that Maguire's. Choreography wise, it's probably not his strong suit. <laughs> no, <laughs> and there's a lot of I'm granted for even Conviction for a film. Conviction isn't his strong no. suit. Right? <laughs> I was I actually when I rewatched the movie, I actually watched that scene in silence with subtitles because the wife and child were asleep, and I think it might have made it a bit easier to swallow, but not not by much. It was it was appalling. No. And I noticed what well, I mean. The the Mary Jane character has gone from wearing very tight tops in the first film. By the time the jazz club scene in the third one, she's very dowdy. Yeah. Her hair's not you yeah. know, done nice and she's wearing an ill-fitting shirt <laughs> just to make Gwen Stacy look nice. It's Mary like, Jane, the homely years. Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I, I said it was, at, the, at one point, the movie was quick to descend into um, Goblin's Creek, which would be the Dawson Creek, Creek equivalent. I'd watch um, that. <laughs> pantomime bad guys and cunning raised eyebrows. Because mm. <laughs> there's the point in the the um, the moat the diner where the waitress says to him, "How's your pie?" and he sort of like mm. pauses to give her the eyebrow. He's like, "Oh, it's fine." It's fine. <laughs> yeah. James Franco, yeah, you've done your money's worth yet now. <laughs> um, there's a, there's a scene towards the end in the Goblin's Lair when Peter and Harry fight, which I thought was okay. And that gets, actually works quite well. He gets the pumpkin sense. bomb in the face, which it recovers a bit too quickly from for my liking. Like mm. The pumpkin bomb at that point, because my my must have blocked it out. It's traumatic. <laughs> um, was he still with the symbiote at that point? Yes. Oh, he was. Okay, that, he was. That, that, yeah, that he was still emo Spider Man. Okay. Yeah. So that would that would. I think that, yeah, again, it justifies why he's done it. Yes. And I presume Harry's face kind of hmm. healed so quickly because of the Goblin Serum. 
We can, yeah. <laughs> because it was right next to his face, there was lots of fire. The fair, it should scene. have killed him. <laughs> it's, okay. yeah. But at I mean, that point, I don't think anybody really cared anyway. No, but I did, like, I mean, that follows on to a, quite a good sequence where he uses the bell tower to get rid of the symbiote yeah. suit. But, yeah, okay, but which this, does this is actually work quite well. What are the odds that Eddie Brock and Peter Parker go to the None. same church? Zero. There is, is it, no isn't chance. That really <laughs> of I, I'm more upset, and again, the 90s cartoon did it a lot better. But that rush to the the symbiote's weakness being sound, yeah. loud sounds, was explored in depth in the cartoon. I think he was actually fighting another villain at the time, and they they, they kind of knocked the yeah. bell, and it, it weakened him as he was fighting. See, that's Where, cool. Whereas yeah. this, he was like. I'm going to mope on top of the church tower. It'll be just the same tower. I mean, if they'd done a a solo film about Venom, which I think they will at some point, um, I think there's a lot of character there to develop and obviously move on to Carnage. Yeah. um, But yeah, this this was not... None of this... I mean, the scenes where the the mask moves back and Eddie Brock's face is talking is just horrendous. Yeah, yeah. Actually, when they do the venom face in, in its full glory, mm. it looks amazing. Uh, my wife actually commented at one point that as the mask pulled back and he was talking to Parker, that she thought that Topher Grace was actually losing his teeth, oh. the fake teeth he had, because he kind of yeah. as he was speaking, and then he went back to kind of talking in an evil voice. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was just drinking between yeah, takes. Yeah. Yeah. I had to get me through. <laughs> um, I, I very much feel that Venom was tacked on to the end of this movie. Yes. I think again, there's some deleted scenes to sort of patch that out. But I've, I've always thought this, and doing some research, apparently not. It was really? yeah, and Sam Raimi actually agreed on a lot of the art design and whatnot. Whether he's just like since then gone and said, "Oh no, I didn't agree to do that." Yeah, um, but yeah, apparently he he did actually approve that quite early on in uh, in production. Do we think? Peter and Harry's relationship has played out to the point where we can believe that Harry wants to redeem himself. Because to me, again, it seems like Harry just sort of, because it's the only thing to do in the third act, he turns up to help. I think Harry just wants to sell toys. Yeah, he wants to sell toys. <laughs> he's got his own toys. He's gone to yeah. shit. He wants yeah. to sell toys. Franco's like, I've done three yeah. movies. Now I'm going to make the money on the toy bill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about um, Sam Man as the monster at the end of it? Was it a bit too far fetched? It would. It just for me, it just did not work. I mean, again, Universal monster movie yeah. is perfect example. Frankenstein's monster. This yeah, time. exactly. But I think that lumbering Sandman. No. So so soon after the Mummy and not done as well. Uh, just just did not work. I do, I, to me, on paper, that end scene has everything. You have the Sandman as an exaggerated monster, mm. which ups the, ups the ante a bit. You have Mary Jane captured in a web and she has to escape from the car. Yeah. You've got Venom, you've got Spider-Man and you've got Harry redeeming himself. Mm. There's a lot going on there. And on paper it works. Execution. But there's a very good um, Lego Marvel game and the very first level is you actually fighting Sandman but you're doing it as Hulk and Iron Man. And some of the things that they do in the game, like how he creates things, and it was so much more inventive than anything seen in that film. What, what do we think about one point? Um, Venom actually makes his own speech bubbles, doesn't he? He creates words and stuff, and he like. Yeah, yeah. We we try not to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> again, Mary Jane, very fuck all to fuck all. But to again, do, her you know? her role in this film is to be the screaming girl at the end yeah. for, the bad, for the big fight. That's it. That's that's her role <laughs> throughout the entire film. And remind me how the movie close 
close this because again I think I've blocked that out. Um, Sandman blows away. He yeah. confesses yes. and That's then right. just turns should, into dust. We, we should address <laughs> that. We should address that. Hypocr- oh, the fact that he's actually responsible for. Um, I was about to say yeah for Uncle, Uncle ben, ben shooting. Yeah. Awful. Doesn't that just seem awful? Uncle Ben's Uncle Ben's intelligence. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it it felt wrong at the time, <laughs> and looking back, it's still not yeah. a good idea. You just you don't need to tie everything in. Just have him as a generic bad yeah. guy. You know, none of that worked. But you got a feeling that they maybe sold that to Hayden Church by saying it's this this is the emotional thread here. But yeah. surely a four or five million dollar check should have well, said, yeah, yeah. take the goddamn <laughs> wrong. And starring in like that, I think it was the highest gross in box office in 2007. Possibly, I can believe. Yeah, that. it was yeah. one of the best. It's still in the top ten, I think, yeah, all the time. Yeah. yeah. Bizarrely. Bizarrely, yeah. I do. I just think the whole end scene with um, Kirsten Dunst again in the web just proves that Sam Raimi has a fetish for Kirsten Dunst in webs. I think he manages it in all movies, doesn't he? But she's well, stay dry yeah. in this one. Yes, true. Yeah. More, more the shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I think. Um, I think the idea bank has very much run dry in this film. I, I, from what I understand, it was very much rushed out. There's uh, a lot of things that were forced upon Sam Raimi, but even the things he did agree with, like the Sandman, who he wanted in, didn't I think work. They, I think I read somewhere they were working on the Sandman effects from the close of the second movie in order yeah. to get them ready in time for the yeah. third movie, and it actually it delayed the release of the third movie that they, they were trying to get the effects right. Moving... Do we, does anyone else have anything they want to say about the third one at all? Uh, the only other bit I would say is that I think we we talking about Venom and Raimi, mm. and that that it might not have been forced upon him, and I think there's little touches that would indicate that it hasn't been. Um, there's a bit where the the shadows, yeah, there's the Venom shadows, which is very like Nosferatu. He actually <laughs> he actually archers like Nosferatu yeah. in the part of it. So I th- I think potentially it was just a mess because one it didn't have the direction of the writers. It was Raimi and his brothers. Yes. And that was it. And I don't necessarily think there was a story behind it. That's mm, one thing no. the film lacks is story. Yeah. <laughs> I I think anything outside of Peter Parker and Mary Jane is not particularly interested in them. No. I mean it's uh it's kind of like the the anti Tim Burton, who's only interested in the in the, the bad guys. Mm. And I think Sam Raimi's just interested in the, the actual characters mm-hmm. themselves. And I think none of the, the the bad guys in this film have much character. Yeah. He doesn't quite get the balance, does he? No, I mean Sandman is as bland as sand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eddie, Eddie Brock tries at least. Again, He's just not it an was interesting like, it was character. a hard movie to sit through. It, it's not a great film. It's still better than some of the uh, the awful films we've had recently, like a Fantastic Four. Any of those three films. Um, it's still it's not as bad. It's not catastrophically bad. It's still watchable. It's just not great. I have this thing about even at the worst, superhero movies are good, at least from my perspective, because they're things you used to read in comic books as a kid and you're actually seeing them realised. Mm. So even at his worst, I'm still seeing Venom on the big screen. Yes, you know? I'd like to see um, it done better, but yes. Amazing Spider-Man movies, I'm very much not a fan, but I still see Spider-Man swinging from building to building. Yes. I still see Spider-Man fighting Electro in Times Square, um, yeah. and there's a certain there's a certain cachet to that. There's a certain appeal there, is. there you know. There is. However bad, let's just if nobody else has anything else to say no. about number three, let's just move ahead as to what was projected for number four. Yes. So yeah, I mean, uh, what many people may not know, I mean, the the third Spider-Man movie, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movie, made an awful lot of money, about eight hundred seventy million dollars at the box office, approximately. So eight hundred ninety million. Eight hundred ninety million, eh? 
Um, so obviously a huge success, and it made sense for them to do a fourth Spider-Man movie. Um, obviously they didn't. Uh, I know at the time they were also working on a reboot as well, which would ultimately become The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, but due to um, script issues and you know time constraints, Sam Raimi decided to pull out. But most of the main players had agreed to come back. And um, I say Sam Raimi had come on. Tobey Maguire was going to get fifty million dollars and didn't have to work mornings and evenings, spend time with his family to do for the role. Wow. Uh, Kirsten Dunst was still unsure, but I mean they they could have probably you know kept Gwen Stacy sure. or yeah. chucked enough money at her. And Dylan Baker was happy to come back as the Lizard, and Anne Hathaway had been doing screen tests for Black Cat. Yes, and even John Malkovich was in talk to be the uh, the Vulture, which I think is good casting. It would have been fantastic casting. I'm thinking at the time, and this is even 2009, so we'd had Iron Man. Um, this is the you know, the second year from Iron Man and well the year after Iron Man and right. Dark Knight Rise and Dark Knight. So it's still, you know, it's not that long ago this film could have actually happened. And of course, ultimately, I think it took too long, didn't it? And Raimi just lost interest. Yeah, he apparently said um, there's no way he could get the right film he wanted to in the time constraints and actually sat down with the producer and said, I'm not going to waste your money, no. you know, doing another film. I think he'd been burnt on Spider-Man 3. I was about 3. to say, he wasn't, Very happy, much with, so, he wasn't no. happy with the outcome, was he? And he kind of um, wanted to close it on a mm. positive... And as much as I like the first two films and would have liked to have seen more, I've, the more and more I read about it, the more and more I think Spider-Man 4 would have been akin to Spider-Man 3 and maybe even bigger disaster. And he wouldn't, Raimi wouldn't have made Drag Me to Hell either. Yeah. He'd I, I have a love-hate relationship. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of that film. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I think I've seen it the once, but mm. I enjoyed it. Let's, um, let's end on a positive of sorts. Out of all of the trilogy, what stands out to you as being its strengths? Uh, Characterisation. For me, it's the um, it's the time spent to build up these characters to make us like them, even love them in certain ways, and um, and and just the the time we don't get in modern modern kind of cluttered superhero movies with eight thousand different characters and superheroes and everyone's connected. These are standalone films in their own universe with people who's who you care deeply about. They spent the time making these characters layered after layered after layered. And I think add to that directorial flair from someone as brilliant as Sam Raimi, and you've got apart from the third film, uh, you, you've got two very very good superhero films that really stand the test of time. No, um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I I would say obviously the first attempt, real attempt at bringing Spider Man to the screen and realizing it from comic book page to to screen. Um, there's a certain joie de vivre about it all. Um, I d you know, there might be the kind of dark relationship stuff, but I, I think there was a genuine enthusiasm and yes. love from Raimi, uh, which I think came across on the screen. And I, although we all credit Iron Man as being the precursor, and to a certain extent X-Men as well, mm. to, to bring in superheroes to the fore, actually, if you're looking at the... The box office for these things, I think Spider-Man probably did more than than both it of made those more than together. Didn't it? Yeah, a lot more. It did more than X-Men. Um, I'm going to agree with you both in terms of the casting. I think they really, they really, um, they really dug those characters out. It's been the key for Marvel, isn't it? It has, hasn't mm. it? You think in terms of Kirsten Dunst, who was a name mm. prior to and Tobey Maguire, indeed, names prior to Spider-Man. A-list has taken on the roles. Um, but even like the smaller roles, J.K. Simmons, amazing cast, and mm. Jonah Jameson. 
and the villains as well. Um, William Defoe. Yeah. He was good as Norman Osborn. I'm not sure about the Green Goblin, but Norman Osborn, <laughs> he was good. So, yeah, it, it set a lot of trends for what was to follow, didn't it? It did. I guess that brings the podcast to a close. Um, I'd like to thank you all for listening. Please do follow us on Facebook, Strangers the Multiplex, and indeed on Twitter. We'd like to thank Neil for joining us today. Thanks, Neil. No Pod- podcast is going to be up in the air a bit for the foreseeable future as we're all doing things that adults should be doing like getting married and moving house um, there should be some more podcasts coming in the future we'd like to thank con- complimentary copies I always go to say contemporary copies I'm not sure why for the soundtrack <laughs> thank you very much until next time don't be a stranger Bird.